0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard Scotland leave behind six more players for tonight's Netherlands clash With John Fleck testing positive for coronavirus yesterday Fergal Harkin won't be part of the Celtic rebuild And a new look Scotland under 21 side lose to Northern Ireland I'm Andrew McLean, joining me in the studio tonight is Roger Hanna Yeah and the countdown to Euro 2020 really is beginning to gather pace As excitement Scotland are playing tonight But of course as with so much in football, so much in society in the last 14 or 15 months the cloud of COVID-19 hangs over the Scotland camp tonight Yeah, it just seems one big story after another So if you have any thoughts, give us a call on 0141 951 1025 Or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB But I think there is only one place to start That big news today that Steve Clark has left behind six players As a precaution for tonight's friendly against the Netherlands After John Fleck's positive COVID case So that'll be David Marshall, Grant Hanley, John McGinn, Shea Adams, Stephen O'Donnell And Nathan Patterson all staying Back in their training base in Spain Now this is a decision made by the SFA The players were past fit to play But on advice from medical staff And after a risk assessment They decided to be extra cautious With Euro 2020 less than two weeks away So these were players that, that were deemed to sort of Have been in, in the vicinity of, of John Fleck Who's tested positive Roger And Scotland really not wanting to take any risks Ahead of the game tonight You can understand that It, it is a bit of a mess You know the SFA told everyone yesterday that all players, with the exception of John Fleck, had tested negative. There was really nothing to see here and move along. And then today, suddenly, um, another six players don't make the trip from Spain across the border to the Algarve for the game against the Dutch tonight. Um, they're not deemed close contact. Um, they're not self-isolating. Um, they have no symptoms and have not tested positive. Indeed, the latest test have all tested negative. Um, it does seem a bit strange And I think Steve Clark will have Some questions to answer tonight Both before and after the game Because, you know Are these players allowed to leave Spain? If so, when? Are they allowed to go to Luxembourg For the game on Sunday afternoon The last qualifier? When are they allowed back into the UK? Do they have to self-isolate in the UK When they get back? And the big question Is there any threat to any of these seven Or anyone else in the 26-man squad being unavailable for that first game against the Czechs. Does it also raise the question of whether it was a smart idea or not for the Scotland squad to travel to Spain and then have a friendly in Portugal and then have a friendly in Luxembourg ahead of the tournament? Yeah, um, I think the perceived wisdom in these things, Andrew, is that if you minimise travelling, you minimise the risk of, of COVID. We've seen this with, um, dare I say, Celtic in Dubai in January. Um, the more you travel, the more planes you get on The more buses you get on The more hotels you go in The more different venues that you use You're widening the risk to yourself and to the players in the squad So was it wise, as you say, to go from Spain to Portugal To Luxembourg, back to the UK To another training base in the northeast of England um, it's, Listen, it's a decision the SFA have taken And it's one they're going to have to deal with now There's no indication yet whether... These six players will be available to face Luxembourg at the no. weekend. We we don't know that yet, but just how how much of a sort of spanner in the works of, of preparation is this for the tournament? Because this has got to be a big disruption. Well, listen, let's not be kidded on. It is a spanner in the works. Um, Steve Clark organised these two games for a purpose because he wanted to see players in action. Nathan Patterson might have made his Scotland debut tonight. He now won't make his Scotland debut tonight. 
Um, the likes of David Marshall probably needs a little bit of action. He wasn't in the Derby County team at the end of the season. So, you know, he could probably do with getting a bit more action. Shea Adams only played three times for Scotland. He could do with, with getting out there and, you know, playing a little bit more with all of his new teammates. So it is a disruption. Um, I think Billy Gilman, Scott McTominay just flew in last night to join the squad. I'd imagine they'd now be in the bench tonight because you're beginning to run low on numbers. Um, it'll be interesting to see the team line up it really well. But as you said, the big questions now are, you know, are these guys stuck in Spain? Are they allowed to go to Luxembourg? When can they come home? How can they come home? Do they have to travel independent of the other 19 players that are there? A lot of questions for the SFA to answer tonight. 01419511025 is the number you need to get in touch if you've got any thoughts on this. Maybe thoughts about who you would like to see play tonight as well because of course we will get the team news while we're on air ahead of this game between the Netherlands and Scotland tonight. So any thoughts on that, give us a call. 01419511025 or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB. Keith is up first. Keith, what are your thoughts? Hi, good evening guys. Thanks for taking the call. It's appreciated. Uh, the first thing, a bit of disappointing news right off the bat uh, regarding the, the, the potential COVID isolations. Unfortunately, probably in the circumstances, reasonably predictable, but uh, it was something that was potentially going to harm. It will happen to a lot of club uh, teams in the Euros, but we're just going to have to put up with that. However, in the kind of wider scheme of things, I, I, I've got a theory to put to you. Uh, 2021 is the year of the underdog. Uh, Leicester are slightly less an underdog. Chelsea in the Champions League, but the ultimate example, St. Johnson with the double in Scotland. Uh, is this Scotland's year? Uh, we've, we've got to play our strengths in the Euros. Uh, the strengths currently clearly are the midfield. In my view, Billy Gilmer, although he's not played particularly a lot for Chelsea, is an absolute must. They've got to play him in these three games uh, in the initial stages. And we've got to come off the pitch and have no regrets as far as the games that we play. Uh, I'm advancing in years and went to Italia 90 and went to the three games. We always play great in one game and we disappoint in the others. This is the time to come off the pitch and say... We've absolutely given it all and we can progress through this section. Forget about England. We win the other two games, we progress into the next round. I like the optimism, Roger. Clearly the events of, of today and the past couple of days haven't really got to Keith. Do you think generally that it's put a bit of a dampener on things for some people? Um, I don't know if it's put a dampener on things. I think it's confused people to a degree, and I include myself in this because we need answers to a lot of the questions we posed at the top of the show, Andrew. Um, Keith Wright, let's embrace it. Let's be optimistic. We've never had a major finals in Scotland. Two of the games, you know, the, the Czech Republic, we've beaten them the last three times we've played them. Croatia have never beaten us. Um, four points. Keith's talking about two home wins. Four points might be enough to take Scotland through. And if they finish third in the group, the last 16 game would be at Hamden. So why not dream big? Um, Steve Clark's done well to get us there. Um, I think everyone has genuinely agreed it's a positive squad that he's selected. He's got a little bit of everything, a bit of experience, few players in form, players that play for big clubs, and then the young, exciting talents, the Gilmers, the Turnbulls, the Pattersons, etc. So why not think big? But we don't want this wrecked by covid Keith, obviously there's these two games before the tournament, tonight against the Netherlands and on Sunday against Luxembourg. How much are you looking forward to, to those games first and foremost? 
always interesting to see. I mean, what's happened today puts a, a bit of a dampener on things. I mean, Holland's are, you know, they're, they're going to compete at the Euros, so it's a really difficult challenge. So we've got, you know, that end of the scale, and we've got what should be a, a game against Luxembourg where we can we can score a, a number of goals. But uh, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. All that matters is when it happens, starts on a week on Monday. Roger, in terms of team news for tonight, you look at the, the six players that are out, apart from John Fleck, David Marshall, who has been you know the first-choice goalkeeper that has got us to the Euros, Grant Hanley, who has started regularly at that sort of central centre-back spot of late, John McGinn, who's one of the first names of the team sheet, Shea Adams, who has come into the squad, been very exciting, and then Stephen O'Donnell and Nathan Patterson, who one of the two would need to start, essentially. These are are guys that you would expected to have played a big part tonight. Yeah, well, I'm interested to see actually what Steve Clunk does in that right wing back role. I would assume Ryan Fraser would possibly start if he's fit to play. You know, he's missed the end of the season in Newcastle. He did play the right wing back role in the last international, the Hamden game um, in the World Cup qualifiers. So he could play there. James Forrest is another option out there as well. So, yes, it's big names missing tonight. But for me, tonight and Sunday, they, they will play a role in the build-up Steve Clark was keen to get the two games So he, so he could get, you know, that minutes into some minutes And some game time into the players' legs But the important thing is to try and make sure Everyone, or as many as possible is f- Are fit and ready for that check game Because yes. it's, it's coming up quickly, week and Monday Yeah, I suppose it's a, a chance for maybe people that, that Possibly wouldn't have started tonight to get a start Keith, is there anyone in particular you'd like to see Get a good run out tonight? Well, I mentioned Billy Gilmer already. Again, you know, a partial risk, but uh, having seen that guy play for Chelsea, the amount of touches he gets of the ball, he actually runs that team for a, a very young Scottish player when, when he gets a game, and clearly he'll become a major feature for that team in the future, but uh, he's worth the risk. Put everything surrounding him and John McGinn, who are absolute definite starters for me. To try and put a slightly positive spin on it, Roger, in previous years, if you had so many key players missing for a game like this, you might go into sort of full panic mode. But this Scotland squad does seem to have a, a lot more depth about it than we've had in previous years. That's what I was saying, yeah. I mean, I, I think everyone is quite positive about the squad, the 26-man squad. It's got a little bit of everything in it. Um, we have to remember, UEFA approved the larger 26-man squads to protect against COVID outbreaks primarily. Um, Scotland have had one prior to the tournament I think the Dutch themselves have been touched by it I think Jasper Sillerson uh, The goalkeeper is missing the game tonight Because he tested positive as well I think he's out the full tournament as well From what I saw They've actually called up another goalkeeper oh, Their, their uh, communication said that he was he was going to miss the full tournament There you go, you're ahead of me on that one Andrew um, So what, what, Scotland aren't the only ones And I think You know, you speak about the wisdom of Scotland Going from Scotland to Spain to Portugal To Luxembourg to England But the nature of this tournament is sending the national teams all around everywhere from Baku to Copenhagen to St Petersburg down to Seville back over to to London and Glasgow there is going to be a lot of travelling there's going to be a lot of exposure to risk and Scotland missing seven players tonight they won't be the last Well thank you to Keith let's hear from Steve Clark he says he's always warned his squad that they'll need to be ready to play in these uncertain times he says all focus is now making sure they're at top speed come the opening game of the tournament Every time we come together, I'm saying to the lads in training, everybody's important. 
you never know when you're going to be asked to play. Certainly in these uncertain times, you never know when you're going to be asked to step up. So hopefully they can all keep impressing. They've all impressed me so far in training. Uh, it's been good to see. It's nice we come here to Portugal now. We've got Billy Gilmore's just joined the squad. Scott McTominay's on his way. So we're getting there. We're getting the group. We're getting the group together and looking forward to the games. You wouldn't want to brand them as training games, but they're friendly matches and they're. They're there to be utilised to help us prepare for the first game in the Euros. That's that's where the that's the end goal. We, we want to be at our best in the tournament, and that's still a little bit away. So we'll use the two friendly matches to try and get better. There was another interesting story that came out today, Roger, that the SFA had, had requested to UEFA for nine substitutes for this game. That was turned down. There's only going to be six substitutes, and the change, or for that, because they didn't get the request accepted. Do you think that maybe swayed the decision for Steve Clark and the SFA that, you know what, if people are going to miss out, these are the guys that, that probably should miss out? I, I, listen, I genuinely don't know. I mean, I mean, Scotland might only have six substitutes tonight for the game, depending on whether, you know, Gilmer and McTominay are, are thrust straight onto the bench, having just arrived with the rest of the squad. It'll be interesting to see, as I say, the team selection. Um, I always thought that two games, you know, all of the 26 or as many as was possible would see action in these two games just to get them right for the tournament itself um, that is now up for debate will John Flake and the, six, the other six who are missing will they be allowed to go to Luxembourg will they be allowed to come home you know vision of John Flake sitting in his hotel room on that exercise bike just desperately desperately trying to keep up some level of fitness because by the time that first game comes around on the 14th of June it's going to be maybe three weeks since John Flake last played football and uh, much as you love an exercise bike Andrew you know yourself it, it doesn't give you the same level of fitness as John Flake would have attained in, in two games against the Dutch in Luxembourg 01419511025 is the number you need Brian is next up in Lark Hall Brian what are your thoughts ahead of tonight? How are we doing? Uh, I've got a football I've got a football point and uh, <clears throat> if I can come back in with a point about the actual virus itself on you go, Brian. Uh, my football point is, I, 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 as you know, I'm a Rangers fan, and uh, I am not. I will watch the Euros because I like to watch football at the top level, and we'll see top players and top teams. Uh, I feel that Scotland will will finish third in the group at best. So I don't know if that will mean they've got a chance of getting through because I'm not really sure. About the format, uh, probably if they finish third, they, they might have a chance, but I, I would think that would be a best. Uh, the game against England in the 18th, uh, I'll, I'll be watching through cracks in your fingers time, I believe. Uh, let's not underestimate this England side. They may not have the quality to go all the way, but they certainly have got a lot more quality than this particular Scotland side. And I, I do believe that Steve Clark will end up sticking with the tried and tested that got him there. And that might not be good enough. I think that's the sort of trials and tribulations of a Scotland fan that we're seeing on, on both sides of it there, Roger, because Keith was on, first of all, saying it's the year of the underdog. You know what? We can go to Wembley. We can win. We can win the whole tournament. And here's Brian saying, you know what? We were lucky to finish third. Who knows what's going to happen Well England are top seeds And they're favourites But I don't think the gap Between the two teams Is as big as some would have you believe um, That last meeting Needed Harry Kane Deep into injury time To get England a draw at Hamden Four years ago And you look at the Scotland squad now 
who would you take? Would you take Andy Robertson and Kieran Tierney ahead of Luke Shaw and Ben Chilwell? You probably would. Um, would you take, you know, if, if Scott McTominay had declared for England, Scott McTominay would be in that England squad without a doubt. John McGinn, very close to being in that England squad. And you look at the midfielders, um, Jordan Henderson, yet to prove his fitness. You know, Calvin Phillips, decent player at Leeds, but no better than John McGinn or Scott McTominay. Definitely not. So there are, we don't afford good right backs, that's fair. But I think there aren't Scotland players there who would have got in the England squad. And there's certainly an attitude from Steve Clark and his players that they won't be overawed going in and playing against that England team at Wembley. Well, thank you to Brian. We'll leave that there because we have breaking news coming out of the Scotland camp. And it is the team for tonight, of course. As I say, there's no John Fleck, no David Marshall, Grant Hanley, John McGinn, Shea Adams, Stephen O'Donnell and Nathan Patterson all out. But the team is Craig Gordon in goal. It's then a back three of Jack Hendry, Liam Cooper and Kieran Tierney. It looks as if it's going to be James Forrest in that right wing-back role. Andy Robertson as a left wing-back. The midfield three, Callum McGregor, Stuart Armstrong and a Scotland debut for David Turnbull. And it'll be Ryan Christie supporting Lyndon Dykes up top. What do you make of that, Roger? Well, he only had few options, really, didn't he? You know, particularly in that right wing-back role, losing both O'Donnell and Patterson. Um, it would tend to believe that means Ryan Fraser's maybe not quite ready to go in if James Forrest's playing there. But uh, delighted for David Turnbull to get a start. I think it's important that, you know, if possible, Patterson's ready to get a debut on Sunday, Gilmore's ready to get a debut on Sunday. But it's great for David Turnbull to get an international debut tonight against the Dutch. Um, a few years ago, I think Ali McCoist made his debut against the Dutch in a friendly just before a major finals, went on to get 61 caps and 19 goals for Scotland. So here's hoping David Turnbull can do something similar. The substitutes as well. I can confirm that Scott McTominay and Billy Gilmore are in the squad after arriving late. John McLaughlin, Greg Taylor, Declan Gallagher, Kevin Nisbet, Ryan Fraser and Scott McKenna all there as well. We'll get our teeth into that after the break and we'll also speak to Wayne in Motherwell as well. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Roger Hanna here with me, Andrew McLean, as we build up to the Netherlands taking on Scotland in a friendly in Portugal tonight. I'll give you the team news again. We just got that before the break for Scotland. It's Craig Gordon in goal. It's a back three of Jack Hendry, Liam Cooper and Kieran Tierney. James Forrest is the right wing back. And Andy Robertson, the left wing back. It's then a midfield three of Stuart Armstrong, Callum McGregor and David Turnbull with Ryan Christie supporting Lyndon Dykes up top. Just having a quick look at the the Holland team. Some of the names standing out to me. Frankie de Jong, Jorginho Wijnaldum, Memphis Depay, Matthijs de Litt. No mugs, Roger? No, they're a decent team. Um, they're always a decent team, Holland. Um, I think it's just a shame Virgil van Dijk didn't get back fit um, after his knee surgery in time. He'll be hopefully fit for the start of the English Premier League season with Liverpool he would have captained um, the Dutch team into the final Frank the Bulls team into the final Frank Gigi Wijnaldum is taking the team as skipper so they will be one of the teams who will fancy their chances when the main event starts later in the month um, they will want to brush up on things tonight but, but so does Scotland and despite you know the seven absentees and the fact that McTominay and Gilmer have just flown in and they're only on the bench it's not the worst Scotland team you've ever seen Andrew not too bad at all. Right, 01419511025 on the phones. Wayne is next up in Motherwell. Wayne? Evening, guys. How are we all right? Not too bad, thanks, Wayne. Hi, Wayne. 
Um, just uh, listening to earlier, and I'm um, a bit obviously got to regards to hearing of the six boys, and we know it's not obviously. Um, I've been told it's not kind of COVID related, which fingers crossed it isn't. Um, but going back to the SFA, just to start with, I don't understand. Like they've been, they watch the news as well as the general public do. The whole flying into different countries, and my knowledge is that Spain is a red light country, and we shouldn't be flying there. We shouldn't need to be going there for like families and stuff. So whether it's football or not, I don't get first of all why we went to Spain. Portugal, okay, and also the green list. We're playing the game there tonight. That's the fundamental fact. Where we've done the same thing again. Where I know it's club related to the early in the season. The Celtic going to Dubai to give the the, the players a bit of respite. I get that but under the guide rules as well. It was kind of said maybe not to travel those kind of things. Now this is a that's a tournament of Scotland haven't qualified for for many, many years. I was 12 years old the last time I watched Scotland in a major final. And I'm buzzing for the game tonight, the game on Sunday. Um, just, you know, being elated ever since to beat Serbia, to be honest, in the penalty shot last, last year. So I'm just getting a bit gutted that but, um, John Fleck has now got the, the COVID. And, you know, fingers crossed it hasn't been in close proximity with anybody. I don't want this to be a story that's going to tarnish Scotland as a national team now that we float to a country where we really shouldn't be uh, on the guidelines for COVID. And I don't want to backfire on us coming into the tournament. I mean, Roger, there's... I mean, I think most countries or a lot of countries are are going to have issues. A lot of it is to do with your luck, whether someone does catch the virus or not. But there's definitely ways that you can go about it that would minimise the risk and, you know, Wayne's saying there that, that flying to, to Portugal and Spain and Luxembourg doesn't minimise the risk. Yeah, you can certainly minimise the risk. You could base yourself at Okinawa or Lennox Town, base yourself in a, a hotel in the outskirts of Glasgow, train in the outskirts of Glasgow and just go to Hamden for your two games and a flight to Wembley on the day of the game or the day before. Um, you make decisions in any walk of life, Andrew, and it's a balance of risk and reward. Um, this risk and reward for Scotland The reward was warm weather training Bit of sun in the back um, A nice environment to play a Go and play two European nations That will give you contrasting tests Before the finals themselves um, Scotland would have known There was an element of risk and, and you are increasing that exposure Increasing that risk as Wayne says By going from Spain to Portugal To Luxembourg back, you know, back into the UK um, They clearly felt it was a risk Worth taking I think there's a belief That John Flake Very probably contracted it Before he left the UK To go to Spain And is only just You know Now beginning to Test positive Once landing in Spain It's a bit like Christopher Julian In Dubai In January I think there was a belief That he probably contracted it In the UK Before he was Anywhere near Dubai Yeah it's all to do With sort of incubation yes, Periods Of course, and... of course So as you say A lot of it's your luck But If you're wanting To be as safe As you possibly can then you know perhaps you would have been a wiser decision just to stay at home. It's one of these things that if if you go across and, and there's no issues, it looks like a great idea. Yeah. If you go across That's and there is issues, it looks like a terrible and, idea. And it's the same for the Dutch. You know the Dutch have obviously taken that same decision that let's go to Portugal. It will give us you know a bit of time together out of you know the glare of things back home, and it will give us the perfect preparation. Um, on the face of it, in non-COVID times, probably would have been the perfect preparation. But unfortunately we're living in unprecedented times in society Not just in football Andrew And this has blown up to a degree in Scotland's face 
Wayne, in terms of the lineup for tonight, there's obviously seven players missing, but are you still quite convinced by the, the team that's going out there? Oh, absolutely. I was, um, you know, David Marshall, uh, goalkeeping wise, um, I know he's obviously not playing tonight, so I'm glad we, uh, Big Craig Gordon's in there, you know, being a jambo. So I'm, I'm glad that he's getting a restart tonight. Um, I do rate Craig Gordon a lot as a, um, as probably one of the, the, the best, well, to me, the best goalie in Scotland. But um, David Marshall's done a lot for the country, and I understand, you know, he'll be number one because he's penalty saves and, you know, he's been a, a veteran there for us. So. It'll be good to see the lineup, especially with young Turnbull in midfield. It'll be good to see him playing um, first. His, what is, it, is this his first start? Um, I don't think just his first, start, first cap, yeah. Oh, it's his first cap, so there you go. So it'll be good to see him as well. Uh, I look forward to like Billy Gunmore and Nathan Patterson. Like, so the kind of younger ones I want to kind of see coming in as well. And uh, the, the, the gelling. The only bit that gets me, and I know, I don't know if a lot of Scottish fans are the same, I still don't know if Robertson and Tierney on this left side working at the moment um, I know they've got Tierney as like the back three on the left side and then Tierney, uh, Robertson kind of playing as a wing back um, sometimes they're kind of running into each other in the last couple of games that I've seen Scotland play especially on the left hand side it's quite congested with Scotland players you really get Tierney trying to run by Robertson and then Fraser will come over or then you get Christie coming over and I feel as though the left hand side is a bit top heavy with players where they don't know where the ball's going or who's going to be driving. I'd just like to see either Robertson driving at the the, the defence or Tierney driving at the defence. And I don't know if the one so you guys could tell me where, if you could actually play any of them differently, maybe putting Tierney maybe at centre-half and leaving Robertson to do that. Or could you play Robertson somewhere? I don't know, but I just feel as though that's going to be a hindrance for us and that's my honest opinion on that. I think that'll backfire because the two of them are much alike. I don't know where you can play them because they just seem to kind of run into each other in a football game. We hear this point a lot, Roger, people talking about you know Tierney and, and Robertson, whether they can work together. One of the main takeaways from certainly the last camp, maybe the last couple of camps, was that Kieran Tierney was one of the standout performers at that left centre-back role. And you know he, he was getting forward very well, he was getting his plaudits, and there's a lot of people saying it, it's not really working, but... Kieran Tierney's definitely been shining in that role and it's not as if Andy Robertson's been playing badly either. Um, listen, it's a valid point Wayne makes. A lot of people have made it in the show, both pundits and callers, Andrew. But I do think we need to park it now because Steve Clark's made his decision and whether I like it, you like it, Wayne likes it, any of the other callers like it, Steve Clark seems to like it. And Steve Clark has made it clear he's going to play a three at the back. Kieran Tierney will be the left centre-back. Andy Robertson, the captain, will be the left wing back. It's actually made it clear that Scott McTominay is going to push forward and play in the midfield as well. So one of the interesting things for me is not whether Tierney and Robertson can be put in the same team, it's who the other two centre-backs are going to be tonight. You know, in the absence of Grant Hanley, it's going to be Jack Hendry and Liam Cooper. Um, that possibly means you'll see Declan Gallagher and Scott McKenna come Sunday in Luxembourg. But the formation of that back three... For the Czech game The first of the, the Group games That will be fascinating Well thank you to Wayne In Motherwell 01419511025 On the phone lines Of course We'll get back to, to Scotland That big game tonight But of course There's some big stories On the domestic football front as well None more so Than Celtic's Hunt for a manager At the moment It's been uh, I think it's safe to say It's been dragging on Roger We've not spoken to you Since Friday When the Eddie Howe Deal fell through Since then Ange Postacoglu Has been installed As the, the front runner Very much the favourite To take over there as well Some 
uh, fresh stories coming out over the last day or so that Fergal Harkin had, had spoken to Celtic but will be staying at Manchester City what have you made of everything that's gone on there in the past few days? Um, I think you have to look back the whole thing and I think for any club to go almost 100 days without a permanent manager um, there's something wrong there um, we don't really know yet quite what the final detail of the breakup and talks between Celtic and Eddie Howe um, Celtic clearly had put all their eggs in the one basket really with Eddie Howe um, I believed he was coming so I can't really criticise Celtic if they believed he was coming everything pointed to Eddie Howe coming to the football club um, but on Friday it all fell down um, they've now turned their attention to Ange Postecoglou um, there were people over the last 90 odd days who regarded Eddie Howe as a gamble um, if Eddie Howe's a gamble then Ange Postecoglou is an even bigger gamble um, the only time he's managed in Europe, I think, was with a Greek third division team. Mm-hmm. He doesn't yet, I believe, have all of the coaching badges he's going to require to work in one of the, the big leagues in Europe. Um, the deal isn't done yet with Yokohama to get him over. Pre-season training starts two weeks tomorrow. He, a lot of players, including the captain, have gone. The chief executive's about to go. There are doubts over the backroom team. There's only six months left in Ryan Christie's contract. There's only one year left. On Hudson Edward and Chris Ayer's contracts. So Ange Postecoglou better be swatting up. 01419511025. Alec is a Celtic fan up next in Parkhead. Alec, what have you made of the last few days? Hi, how we doing? How we doing, Roger? Hi, Alec. Uh, uh, just listening to a wee quick one with the Scotland, listening to the Scotland team come out there. About mm-hmm. 75% of it was either Celtic players or ex Celtic players. It was just, just a really interesting point now. Uh, regarding the, the potential new manager, uh, it was obviously disappointing regarding to how. Uh, it's quite clear, I think, that you'll probably find that he'll be installed as a, probably an English Premiership manager. That's probably was hard enough for all lang. Regards to the new the new guy that's hopefully going to be coming in, it's amazing the amount of folk that uh, seem to know all about him. Now, all we keep talking about is the negatives. Now, he's a coach, I or he, he might not know much about European football, but the guy's a manager, the guy's a football coach. I've listened to what Brendan Rodgers has had to say about him. Uh, I've listened to what Pep Gladwell has had to say about him. Now, to me, they're probably... Brendan Rodgers was one of the most successful Celtic managers, so I'll take... With what, I'll, I'll go with what he's saying than what a lot of... People are saying that you know he's not going to know the Scottish game. This, that, the next thing. What I do know is, and what people spoke about him, I like maybe Craig Moore. He's not going to be a yes man. He's no mug. He's he's quite a hard guy. Uh, I think he's going to play the Celtic way, four three three attacking football. What I've seen is some of the results: four each, four two, five one. So you know, it, it's a massive job that he's got. Now, if it is him. We need to get him there. We need to get him there straight away. Uh, he'll be as him again. He'll be watching videos. He must be. He'll be looking up the, the, the players that we've got. And I think that this is where you maybe see John Kennedy in the background. Now, I know a lot of Celtic fans didn't want him to be there. Why? I don't really know. You know, the guy hasn't done nothing wrong. You know, he was part of the successful times and he was part of the, the poor time. But he could be a key part in this guy coming. And it was just maybe Sean Maloney coming in at some capacity Roger 
it was interesting on the phones this week because on Monday when was the first time we really got the chance to talk about Ange Postacoglu so many Celtic fans were coming on saying nope this isn't the guy we're not interested he's not good enough he doesn't have the pedigree he doesn't have the profile to be the Celtic manager last night on the phones there was a slight change attacked people had come on saying oh I've, I've heard you know ex-player talk about him I've heard someone that's worked with him talk about him I've listened to a podcast and I'm I'm quite convinced by him no matter what side of the coin you're on it still is a massive risk Listen, every single managerial appointment that's ever been made, Andrew, has an element of risk attached to it. Um, Celtic fans, if you take them back, they once appointed a guy for Japan, I think called Vim Janssen, and I'm quite sure on the phone-in that week, it was heavily weighted in the anti-Vim Janssen lobby, and he stopped Rangers winning 10 in a row. Likewise, there have been some very, very noteworthy appointments at Celtic and at other clubs Rangers included That have fallen flat in the face So We don't know What we do say About Ange Postecoglou is At 55 years of age No experience Of British football Very little experience of European football Certainly no experience of Scottish football And he will be coming to Celtic At a time Of unprecedented change From the boardroom Through the football department Into the dressing room um, the club are still searching for a sporting director They're still searching for a head of recruitment There's a captain to be appointed And I don't think Alec would argue with me If I say there's 10 or 12 players to be signed And pre-season training starts in a fortnight And there's Champions League qualifiers in the horizon So whoever it is And I believe it will be Ange Postecoglou Whoever it is It's a very very big job they're walking into Alec Rogers listed so many Jobs and areas that need to be filled How quickly do these need to get done? Well He's right about You know the 12 players Now that for me Is quite That's going to be quite And it's time to turn Because as a Celtic fan You know Every season you may be looking At maybe say Three or four signings Then maybe you'll You'll be waiting In the last deadline day For, for somebody to come in We need to sign a captain Now That could be Like a carrot To dangle to somebody to get them here Look we want you to come in We need you to be your leader uh, We need a goalkeeper We need strikers We need uh, We probably don't need midfielders But we need somebody in the wing We need defenders So that for me I, I'm quite excited about that Again I think that uh, John Kennedy Could play a huge part In this And the Celtic fans Can have their opinions And whatever on the guy But they weren't shouting And the talking when, we, when Celtic were, were gone for nine in a row and, and quadruple trebles, uh, John Kennedy's hopeless. You know what I mean? So I think that he could be pivotal. I've seen, obviously, that they were looking at the possibility of Sean Maloney coming. Now, for Sean to be working with Robert Martinez uh, and with the Belgian camp, he'll obviously get a lot of, he's, he's got a lot of knowledge. He's got something. I did think the Fergal Harkin deal was, was, was always going to be there. It's quite clear, of, of, wasn't it? The thing is with Celtic, you know, you can expect unexpected at this moment in time. Roger, is it is it quite clear at the moment there's just a, a real lack of direction at the moment of Celtic? They need, as you say, a sporting director, they need a head of recruitment, they need a manager, they need a captain. And is it a case of, you know, it, it seems from the outside anyway that, that Celtic don't exactly know where, where they're going in a lot of these well, areas. Uh, listen, but with these conversations ever since Neil Lennon left after, after that defeat in Dingwall in February, Andrew, and I was one of the voices in the show who said, Let's calm down Bit of patience Celtic have got plenty of time To make this appointment The league's gone Europe's gone Take their time 
and get the appointment right. We're nearly 100 days into this, Andrew. They no longer have time. They need to make an appointment now and not just in the dugout. They need a sporting director. They need a head of recruitment because Alec and I are agreeing it could be 10 or 12 players coming in. Who chooses those players? Who identifies those players? Who helps Ange Postacoglu find the right back that he's going to need for Champions League qualifiers? Find the new captain that Alex talking about. Find the centre forward that's going to replace Odson Edward. And who's going to, you know, do just the basic things like who makes a decision over Lee Griffith's contract? Is Lee Griffith still a Celtic player? So many questions to be answered. Thank you to Alec in Parkhead. 01419511025. Give us a call and you could be up next. 0141-951-1025 This is Scottish football's league leader Clyde One Super Scoreboard Roger Hanna here with me Andrew McLean in the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard Of course there's a big one tonight The Netherlands against Scotland We've been taking calls as well A lot of those about the managerial situation at Celtic Let's go straight back to the phones Jim is a Rangers fan in Kilmarnock Jim what's on your mind tonight? Hi guys, I just come off the call course and there was quite a couple of the callers that was on um, Celtic fans um, to address this guy, Postacoglu up. Listen, this guy's never managed in European football. He's not he's, he's um, not, not managed at a really too high a level in the league in the third division in Greece. No way you can address this up. Celtic's lost Brown, Lawwell um, and Lennon. A big part of Celtic. Um, and they're bringing an unknown guy in to do a massive rebuilding job. Now, this was a club that was getting 30, 40 million for, for Edward, supposedly, a couple of years ago, and they're in the verge of losing him in January for signing a pre-contract. The club's in absolute turmoil just now, and there's some fans on here trying to dress this guy up, saying he's a great appointment, and how wouldn't he have been good? I, I, I was actually laughing in the way done. This is a disaster appointment for Celtic. If Celtic will be fighting out with the best of the rest to see if they can finish in the top six the way things are going for them this year. There's no comment. Now, Celtic was a well-run club, um, a few years back um, But what, what's happened to them? They're in a demise They're in free fall Well I, I might take you in that top 6 bet just now Jim um, I, I think whatever happens They'll certainly finish top 2 next season But I, I know the point you're making um, Ange Postacoglu Whatever you think of him If Ange Postacoglu had been appointed Celtic manager The day after Brendan Rodgers left Then he would have had a decent chance of success He would have had a strong squad A settled squad he would have had Scott Brown running the dressing room He would have Peter Lawwell running upstairs There was a recruitment department there All the main you know, areas of the football club All the boxes were ticked if you like um, Ange Postacoglu, if he comes in tomorrow I think Peter Lawwell was out the door in three weeks Scott Brown's already out the door Lee Griffiths has got one foot out the door uh, Ryan Christie's got six months left in his deal There is no head of recruitment There is no sporting director that's been touted for so long uh, Dominic Mackay's yet to really get his feet under the table as chief executive So whether it's Ange Postacoglu, Jose Mourinho or Pep Guardiola Going into Celtic just now is going to be a very, very difficult job And part of it, the, the one thing that people don't discuss Jim Part of the problem is your own team And how well your own team did last season How settled they are in terms of a squad in terms of a structure of the football department from Ross Wilson through Stephen Gerrard and all the coaching staff and the fact that already with Fashion Sakala with Namde Offerboer with the deals that were done for Scott Wright and Jack Simpson in January all the contract extensions that have been put out to the McGregors and the Davises and the Taverniers etc uh, and the emergence of young guys like Patterson 
Rangers look so settled, so confident, so assured going into the new season. And come the first day of the season, you could probably more or less guess what the Rangers team's going to be. I would like somebody to have a guess for me what the Celtic team will be in the first day of the season. Yeah, Roger, I can see uh, you, uh, there's a lot of people, there's a big job, it's not just about signing players at Celtic team, there's a lot of players that need moved on in there as well, like your trouble, your Christie's, your Griffiths, probably Edward will be leaving as well, it's a massive job, and I think a lot of people might be put off um, by what you were just saying there, um, about the, the massive job it's in, there's losing Brown, Lennon and Lobel, that's, that's Celtic, the, the Celtic, the kind of core management team, and obviously the, the, the captain as well. I don't know. I think we could we could go on a, a, a quite a long run here and, and put Celtic back to where they were um, when we done our nine in a row. I wouldn't like it. I like a, a challenge for Celtic. There's nothing better going to an old Firm game, and if you win that, you're four points ahead. Or, it would be good to get a bit of a challenge. Listen, maybe Aberdeen and Hibs will give us a challenge this year because I honestly can't see it coming for Celtic. I mean, it's a it's a big call, Roger. Um, I'm not sure there's a lot of people that would would bet against Celtic finishing in the top two next season. Uh, no, be interesting to see. I can't wait to the first day of the season to all the pundits get their um, get their uh, predictions in. I, I think most people will have either Rangers Celtic or Celtic Rangers. I don't think any will have Celtic outside the top six. I'm not taking the blame for this. I've just had the producer on my ear saying you were the worst out of the predictions last year. So you've got a you've got a lot of uh, work to do next season. I, I, listen, not, not minus one I get beat the pundit every Tuesday night I get to cash it in at the end of the season So I, I think you'll actually find I was, I was well up the league uh, Let's take one more call I'm sure we'll be able to fit one more in Davy is in Pollock Davy, are you there Davy? Hello. Yeah, how you doing? I hope you're all shaping well by the way Thank you, you Davy, and yourself? Yeah, I just did a thought I, was, I just won't call him up there now When I was listening to the show I don't believe this guy either Is going to be take the Celtic job I think they'll be working on the background here with Kennedy. That's that's my opinion, and I think it's Clark, Stevie Clark, will come in after the Euros and take a Celtic job. I mean, the board is an absolute shambles. I've got seven kids, three support Rangers, four support Celtic, and my boys. That, that must be people. some household, David. No, it is actually. It is. But they don't fight or argue or anything like that. He's going with a watching the game, but I'm looking at the situation with. The, the, the chairman of Celtic and what he's done with the money. I mean, it's Fraser Foster who was phenomenal for Celtic. So they keep him. When they pay money, it McGinn that could have signed for Celtic. Would they pay the money? Would they pay the money? And it Rogers who was looking for other other players to go and try and compete in Europe. They wouldn't give him the money, so he left. And I honestly truly believe this is Celtic's downfall. Because they would pay them money. Okay, they'll buy players and they uh, panic buys like the goalkeepers and everything. But to me, if they'd have bought, in my opinion, uh, if they'd have bought um, again, tell don't you Fraser Foster, that would have been two brilliant signings last year. And it would have been one one of the most prolific signings if they got Foster because the biggest mistakes were coming for the goalkeepers. And he wouldn't have made the mistakes. And the, the league would have been a lot closer than what it was but this McDermott he's pulling the rule out of Celtic fans eyes I've told my kids this D- Dermot Desmond you mean uh, sorry D- Dermot Desmond he's, he's pulling the rule out of Celtic fans eyes there was no club as big as Celtic for the amount of time as I think it, uh, 100 days or whatever uh, uh, that can, can do these things and, and hope to get away with it in Europe it's not going to happen I mean Davey's making the point about you know Celtic aren't willing to pay the money but 
Neil Lennon was backed last summer Barkas cost about £5 million Ayeti was the same The January before that Patrick Lamalla came in for £3.5 It's not as if Celtic haven't spent yeah, money Roger Listen the transfer policy for nine years Was hardly questioned Because Celtic were winning nine successive championships And in came Van Dijk And out went Van Dijk And in came Dembele And out went Dembele And you, you can get right through it for, for year after year And it was a model that was working well for Celtic Last season the transfer model like just about everything else at the football club Went wrong And now Celtic are left to pick up the pieces They haven't got Eddie Howe They haven't yet got Ange Postacoglu Or a sporting director Or a head of recruitment um, Time now We're in the month of June Andrew Time is of the essence They need to start making the big appointments Very very quickly well, thank you to Davy and Pollock. That's all we've got for tonight. But of course, there is that friendly tonight between the Netherlands and Scotland. One to look forward to, the first pre-Euro friendly. And then, of course, it's Luxembourg in Luxembourg on Sunday as well. Thank you to Roger Hanna as well. I'm sure there is going to be a lot of chat going forward as well about the Celtic managerial position. So make sure to join us again tomorrow night. I'll be in the studio with Mark Wilson. And stick around because next up is Callum Gallagher.